0: When I was young, I had this vision of saving the earth from pollution. So I created a company in my head that would go around and clean up people's backyards. I'd pick up uh, rusted metal, broken glass, styrofoam, and yard by yard, I would reduce, reuse, and recycle and change the earth. Earth Day, my fifth grade year, was huge, by the way. What I didn't think about was this. If people's hearts aren't changed, it doesn't really matter how much I clean up their backyards. They're just going to throw all sorts of trash and junk back there again and pollute the earth. If they don't want change, they won't change. It's a heart issue. I met my friend, John Esser, while his family was on a walk around the block with their dog. He helps people manage and maneuver their money, understand money, that sort of thing. His faith means a great deal to him. He says what he thinks. He feels deeply for the people who have less than he does. He's just in a lot of worlds. I find him to be interesting. We talked a lot about what does it look like to love your neighbor and who exactly is your neighbor? This is my buddy, John Esser, on The Friends We Meet. What does loving your neighbor look like?
1: That's going to vary from... Day to day, uh, big picture. I think what it looks like is, I think first and foremost, it's answering the question, "Who is my neighbor?" I'll give you an example. When we, when we, when we were moving back to High Point, and we talked to a few different realtors, and we're looking at houses, and and my wife and I have something in mind about where we want to live, and kind of. Uh, how we want to engage with the community. And so many people we talked to, uh, you don't want to live there. The Schools are terrible. If you're going to live there, you need to think about where to put your kids in school. And it was always about, you know, think about who you're going to be around. And, and the realtors, real estate agents, you know, I, I, I think they thought they were being helpful Right. Well, you don't, want, you don't really want to be around those people. No, I'm sure
0: this is what they get asked all day long. Right. And you know, these are just the repetitive answers that they're probably giving to everyone.
1: Right. And, but, but the reality of it is they're saying you don't want to be around those people. Hmm. That's not good for your family. That's not good for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it was explicit. I
0: don't want your children around those people. Mm-hmm. And those people could be it, it any different. Matter, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just a subjective viewpoint of whoever those people are.
1: Right, yeah. right. Because they have this idea of us from, from my mm-hmm. background, from my wife's background, from where we're coming from. They have this idea that we belong to this other group. Yes. And my wife and I, we, we try to live in a way where, where we don't think of ourselves as belonging to one specific group of people. And so our question was more, well, who is our neighbor? Mm. What communities should we be involved in? And, and the answer, I think, is, is really it's, it's everyone. But that means not isolating ourselves from anyone. And that's, that's hard to do. And I'm not saying that we're experts at that. But we try not to isolate ourselves from anyone. With motivations that are not inherently bad, I want the best for my children. I want the best for my business. I want the best, you know, whatever the person's motivation is, we often hear people speak about, you know, I'm moving here or I'm doing this or I'm doing that because it's the best thing for my children. I feel that. I feel it deeply. But at the same time, I wonder if we should maybe rethink those judgments is the best thing for a tr- They may get a better education, but they, they're also going to miss out on some really important things. Um, I think about the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you know, you have the priest and the Levite who, who see this man who's injured, and they cross the street and walk on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's not what we're doing in the name of what's best for my family or what's best for my kids, we just move to where we don't see the problem. And then we say, well, I didn't know that that was happening. I didn't know that those things were going on. Well, of course we don't, because we've removed ourselves from any opportunity to know about problems and how we can make an impact
0: to make a difference in the community. Hmm. So this is John Esser. Are some of those f- things that you're that people who are recommending certain schools or people who are saying you should live there or shouldn't live there? Are, is there any validity to that?
1: Well, I think the answer has to be yes. Um, I think I think one of the challenges in all of this is when we when we talk about this, we're not really talking about it on individual basis, right? we're talking about it more from from a community standpoint. And I think I look at it and I say, wow, it's strange that all of these people made the exact same decision. But at the same time, there are individuals that I know who have made decisions that maybe it sounds like I'm criticizing their decisions, but understanding their circumstances, I wouldn't criticize their decision because because of other factors. Um, so on individual level, so I don't want I don't want to just criticize one person individually, but I do hope maybe that there are people out there who, who feel um, on some level in their in their heart and their soul they have this feeling that that maybe something isn't right, but they're surrounded by people who are saying this is what you're supposed to do. There are other ways to love our neighbors and. You have other neighbors than maybe the ones that you've encountered.
0: So, we're going to take a break for just a second. We have incredible sponsors. This podcast would not be possible without the following The Flywheel Press, designing and printing luxury stationery so you can make lasting connections with others. Visit The Flywheel NC on Instagram or their website, theflywheelnc.com. The Budding Artichoke, a local artisan food market focused on sustainable foods and health products. You can find them on any social media. And a special gift sponsorship from an anonymous donor has asked you to check out Growing High Point. This is a nonprofit organization with a mission to create a dynamic and vibrant city by providing access and agricultural opportunities to High Point, North Carolina residents. Check them out. Growing High Point.
1: We need money, and right. I, I'm grateful that, yeah. that there are people who will give money. Um, I find it odd that people will, are, will, will just open their wallets up and give money to causes that they themselves would never dare step foot into and get their mm-hmm. hands dirty. Uh, they certainly wouldn't allow that, you know, they would give money to a school or to help something out at a school or in a community, but they would never let their children
0: walk into that community. So what is the role of money? What, what should be our thoughts on the role of money?
1: Um, I, it's an opportunity. Mm. It's a tool. If we approach it as stewards of God's resources, God's uh, money, the opportunities that he has afforded us, to, to be able to, to move and to work in this world. My question is, you know, what is the best way then to, to utilize that money? Um, you know, it's interesting, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people and you know, they've given a lot of money and I'm grateful for that. But maybe you could, you could also ask them, how much money have you invested in ensuring that you don't have to cross paths with the recipients of the money that you're giving. In other words, how much have you invested in living where you live and, and, and moving in the circles that you move into to ensure that you're insulated from the problems that you're throwing money at and we all do that to a degree. Of course. And, you know, one of the other ways to kind of think about this is in your in your circles, you probably have access to a knowledge base that a lot of people don't have access to. So you have a question about accounting, maybe you call me up, or, or finances, you have a question about, uh, you know, you need an attorney, and, you know, there's somebody, or there's a friend of a friend that, you know, can get you a quick answer, or... You know know a nurse or a doctor. Hey, I have this quick question for you. And so you don't have to go to to the doctor or the emergency room for something that, that you just have a question about. But if all of these kind of professionals move away from entire segments of the city, then we're not just taking money and resources and businesses away. We're taking this knowledge base away where... You know, a person who maybe could just ask their neighbor a question now has to take a day off of work. Now has to find childcare. the The ramifications could be huge simply because they don't have in their community someone who can help them out.
0: Just answer a simple question. But just throwing the money at it is like, is worthless. Right. Right. It's throwing yourself at it.
1: That's it. That's it. So I mean, I I left this past Friday, I got a call or text message at four o'clock. Hey, can you come right now? I had the ability to close my computer and get up and go and see what's happening. Now, at any point, I would have gladly paid money for the problem to be fixed. Mm -hmm. That wasn't going to fix the problem. it required a relationship it required spending time with someone who had become confused and Mm -hmm. wasn't understanding what was happening and taking the time to sit and explain and talk to different groups of people who all had different interests and ultimately bring them together Mm -hmm. you can't fix that with money we need a community that can come together and support one another
0: Tell me about your family.
1: Uh, so, as I mentioned before, I'm married. I've got two kids, two girls. Uh, my wife is a teacher. Um, she she teaches, like I said, one of the one of the lower income schools here.
0: How'd you meet your wife?
1: I met her in college, probably her first or second day on the campus, and I was some arrogant junior. And uh, she didn't like me at all, but over the years, I guess we we got to like each other a little bit
0: more. And She hung out with you for years can before you, believe you that? liked her? Yeah. Before she liked well, you? Well,
1: no, it, it, it took months. Okay.
0: It took months.
1: Um, and Persistence. It, it, it was some persistence. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, I wore her down. Okay. Um, she could have done much better, but I... Uh, I don't know providence, powers of persuasion, just pure dumb luck. I ended up with my wife and we've been married for uh,
0: almost twenty years. We're less than a month away from twenty years. How does what you do it's easy i I suppose to look at you you're you're pretty put together um, somewhat. <laughs> I like your socks. you know how do you find those people who don't have the people to ask the question to who, how do you find those people that need it? Who need you, who need your wisdom, your expertise, even to a small degree?
1: You know, it's, it, I think it just starts small. Mm -hmm. I think it's about being intentional and being in some of these neighborhoods. Um, You know, one of the, one of the easy ways, one of the ways we overlook this is simply by going to, to, school with some of the people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so when I go and sit in the stands at a, at a a middle school basketball game and I talk to the people around me, we learn about each other. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a guy down the road that man, he can fix a car. Like he can, he knows how to work on cars. I can check the tire pressure. I'm struggling to put air in my tires the other day. I needed air in one of my tires. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm going to two gas stations before I find the thing that works. I should have just called him up. I'm sure he had an air compressor. So that's on me because you know, we don't want to ask for the help. But I think part of it is you know, learning, to, uh, to learning to ask for help, learning to be vulnerable as well. One thing about our family is we, we spent some time living overseas and i uh we were we were in uh tanzania we've been living there for a while longer than 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 it should have taken me to learn this lesson but i was out in the village with a friend of mine um onesimus and we've been we've been all kinds of places together we'd travel together to different villages and we'd stay in a tent or we'd stay wherever and I don't know we we had known each other for well over a year probably over 18 months at this point we're we're out in this village together and something happened and i don't remember what it was but it's it's not important um i said hey i can take care of that right so i'm driving this land cruiser i've got the two spare tires mounted on the back Somehow, when I lived over there, I actually did know how to work on cars and change tires, but I've forgotten all of that since coming back to America. And I've got, you know, any tool you could ever want. My car is just loaded up with equipment. And I was like, I got that. I can fix it. And, you know, there's probably 20 people around, all wanting to help. But here I am. I've got the solution. And Onesimus looks at me, and he goes, Americans hate problems. And I stopped dead in my tracks. And he had probably said that to me before, and it just never, it never just grabbed hold of me. Hmm. But I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, you have the solution to everything. You never need us. You always have the tool that you need, the answer that you need. Hmm. I stopped at that moment and said, How can we fix this? Mm. And the community had an answer. It was different than mine, but they had an answer. And it made me rethink all of my relationships while I was over there. How much time I'd spent having the money, having the tools, having everything. And I started not carrying all of those things. Hmm. Uh, we would be in a village or we'd be somewhere and I wouldn't have the money to buy water. And someone would buy me a water as I had done so many times. And suddenly it wasn't just me reaching down and saying, let me do this for you. Mm -hmm. We were walking together side by side. I needed them, they needed me. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out a way to also need people who are made in the image of God, who are worthy of all dignity and respect, who have these incredible talents and, and this, this intellect and this understanding that God has given them, we need to find a way to start listening to them, to start hearing what they have to say. And I'm speaking to myself here as well. We need to spend more time asking others than we do coming in and saying, I can fix this.
0: Our team really can't do this podcast without you. We have a whole group, a community, really, of people who support this podcast financially to make sure that it happens. Each episode might be free to listen to, but it's not cheap, to paraphrase Austin Kleon. If this podcast adds value to your life, I would appreciate your support at any level. Join this group of people who makes this happen. Go to patreon.com slash thefriendswemeet. That's where you'll find the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that group gets the longer raw audio interviews that don't fit on the episode and all that stuff. That's patreon.com slash thefriendswemeet. So how do you love, because they're neighbors too, how do you love people who are seeing things with a skewed view? That's a, that's a really good
1: question. That's something that, that I struggle with. A lot of times... Well, me too, that's why I was yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times what happens is, you know, again, once you've surrounded yourself with like-minded people, then you know it's not hard to kind of fall into that trap. Um, if you're never hearing different ideas, if you don't know people who are different than you, it's very easy to believe things about them that may not be true. You know, you talk to especially older people, but even even people my age, and you know, we we grew up. If you grew up in the South, you grew up at a time where, you know, people use code words. There was racism. I have had to repent of my own racism that, you know, listen, it's awful. Mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily grasp it or understand it when you're inside of it. Mm -hmm. That's not an excuse, by the way. And, you know not at all. It's not an excuse for anything that I've ever said or done. It's not an excuse for any of it. But what it means is, you know, if we're going to confront it, we can't just say, you know, forget those people. We actually have to have these conversations. When you confront someone with with those code words, listen, you know, when someone said to me, those people. Or... It breaks my heart to think about your daughter going to school with those people. Mm-hmm. You know, they could see the fire in my eyes at that point, and they were wise to to stop talking then. But me just laying into them wasn't going to be the answer, although that's really all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What I said to, to the person that, that really did happen was, you mean the people made in the image of God? Now, you know, this person is a, was a professing Christian. Um, so how do we do it? We begin to have those conversations. But let's also be aware that there's a lot of people who proclaim to follow Jesus who have no desire
0: whatsoever to actually do what Jesus calls us to do. My son and I had this conversation about what makes something a bad word. What makes something a, <laughs> you know, great question. Um, culture does people adding on to culture. Here's what happens, and then somebody uses something derogatorily, and then it adds on to this culture. You you get it, son. But then I started diving into it. And it's just it's really simple. It's just a heart issue. It's a heart issue. That's so true. We 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 put so much emphasis.
1: On what people say and the image that they you know put out there whether it's on social media or whether it's you know in business or in public when they're speaking and look what they said and I've spent most of my life in church and I don't care anymore what people say let me just watch what you do for a couple years and then we can talk but I don't care what you say you know I think about you know it's a silly analogy but like my dog right I can speak to my dog and say just the most obscene awful things to her but if I say it with the right tone she's going to come up and love me and, you know, but I could tell her how much I love her. I'm going to break your arm. Right. I'm going
0: to break your arm. And And she's like, yes,
1: yes. Right. Yeah. But if I'm screaming at her, yeah, I love you. Right. She's gone. She wants nothing to do with that. Right. You know, she, even animals get that. Right. But then we have this, this, thing in in society where we're constantly like, well what did they say? What I'm like, no, what'd they do?
0: John Esser, everybody. <laughs> oh, no, no. What would what would Kim say? <laughs> that oh, that's just John.
1: Oh man. Oh man, that's I'm afraid to ask her that. I know she would tell you. You
0: know the answer to this question.
1: You know, I I really don't. I would like to ask her that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's funny is one of the things about our marriage, and this I am so grateful for, uh, I'm not the person that she married Mm. um, at all. There is is almost nothing left of me that was that person that she married 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and yet here she is. Um, I'm grateful for that. I'm not the person that I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we had been having this conversation, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, you would have been, you would have been talking to somebody who was saying, you know, everything that you have comes from hard work. You know, there's no such thing as luck. You got to work as hard as you can, hard charging, trying to climb the corporate ladder, um, you know, Putting other people down for their lack of intelligence, their lack of hard work, their lack of ingenuity, their lack of whatever it may be. Um, I was a jerk, man. I was a jerk. And I had a, I had a nice, comfy home in the American Evangelical Church, not loving my neighbor, but fitting in perfectly well inside that bubble. I was a jerk. Oh, that's just John today. My hope is, my kids would probably tell you this, or my wife would, but maybe they all would, is when I say, How is that loving your neighbor? And I don't mean to argue with people, I genuinely like enlighten me. I want to know how are we loving our neighbor? How are we glorifying God? How are we honoring God in, in every decision that we make? So my kids, you know, I I, I still like. I, I I guess I came of age in the nineties. I graduated from high school in ninety five, and you wore a lot of flannel. Still wearing flannel, I guess, but I like I like you know my my alternative rock music from from the 90s. And so I listen to 106.5 in the car and my kids are like, dad, this is horrible. Dad. Right, and I'm like, you know, do you hear the angst in this? That's from injustice and unrighteousness. And they may have a different viewpoint than I do, but listen, you can get to the gospel from this because we Pearl all- Jam! Right, we all ought to be looking around and seeing just the injustice in this world. And, and screaming, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And so I hope when they say, oh, that's just John, it's... Who's that crazy guy who keeps screaming, it's not supposed to be like this? And my wife says, eh, it's just John.
0: That's just who he is. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Dad, I'm just needing a five-second ride to school. Right. That's all I need. That does but happen. can you just... Is that Can we when talk I, about this after?
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> but you're passionate. And, and, then,
1: and then I <laughs> quote Kurt Cobain. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> Never mind.
0: I am so appreciative of your friendship, and I am thankful for this and our time. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks again to our Patreon community of supporters, producers, sponsors. We are hosted on Transistor FM. They have been flawless to work with. Amazing community of other podcasts. Highly recommend them. Many of our episodes in this season are recorded at Congdon Yards in High Point, North Carolina. Thanks for letting us take up your space. And this is a human people creative production encouraging remarkable people to turn beautifully polished and far-fetched ideas into gritty and impactful realities. And thanks to you for being a listener, AKA a person who listens. You took the time and I hope it added something special to your day. production.